0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So a little bit of a curious topic to start us off here today. I'm kind of amazed at how two stories... Which are seemingly at face value so similar, yet in terms of how they are currently playing out, are actually very, very different. And I think it's worth asking, well, why are these situations so different? Or why is the perception of these situations at least so different? It involves Georgia and one of its rivals here in the SEC East. That is Tennessee. The Vols did get some good news yesterday. Uh, Nico Iamaleva, you've probably heard of him, five-star quarterback from the state of California, Committed to Tennessee yesterday. I'll show you a little bit of this on uh, social media. This is not a surprise. I am Aleva has visited uh, Knoxville quite frequently as of late. Recently, put out a top five, which did include Georgia. But a lot of folks have thought that I am Aleva for quite some time was on his way to Tennessee. In fact, we've actually mentioned I am Aleva's name now a few times in the show uh, recently because of what has been maybe the worst kept secret in all of college football that I am Aleva has been on the receiving end of this huge NIA l push that tennessee's tried to put together there was the story at the athletic about the collective they've built and by now we're learning what a collective is we had uh uh, drew butler on the show the other day to talk about uga's new collective the classic city collective which is a collective collects they're collecting the nil dollars that come in they're dispersing them to the players tennessee's uh, nil collective has big ambitions the athletic uh, has written stories about that more on that in a moment uh there was a lawyer speaking on behalf of five star prospect recently it was also quoted in the athletic we were you know kind of tipped off this was probably i am a leva there as well seems like that was probably true and so the sense that's out there right now is and i, and I can't confirm this i totally acknowledge and then we try to be careful with like the rumors and which rumors we take too seriously but as i said before it seems like the worst kept secret in the world that that i'm a is the guy that supposedly tennessee has put big bucks up for for you know kind of a Sort of a signing bonus in the neighborhood of like three hundred fifty grand or whatever, and a total payment over the course if he were to stay four years, that could equal as much as eight million dollars. This is, I think, in a lot of people's mind, I am leva the eight million dollar recruit that's been kind of kicked around there for a while, and to a lot of people, this is a signal of, oh. This just goes to show you that college football has changed forever. It'll never be the same again. Nico Ayamaliva has helped ushering in the next level of, of the NIL world where you know, uh, big-time recruits are going to demand these huge high-dollar payments. And Maybe that's the case. I guess the uh, future will tell us that one way or another. But it is fair to point out that while Ayamaliva supposedly in the eyes of some represents the future, at least in one example – The present isn't all that different from what it once was. And this is where I think it's worth us digging in and saying, well, how come all of these recruiting battles here in 2023, now that we're a year into the NIL age, how come they're not all playing out this way? I mean. Who wouldn't want three, eight million dollars, whatever else? Who wouldn't want that much money if you could get it? Who wouldn't want several hundred thousands of dollars just for 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 going to a school, even though it's not supposed to be an inducement to recruitment? That's more like legalese language than anything else. Pretty clearly, uh, even Kirby Smarts acknowledged this, that it's a very present factor in recruiting right now, even though by the letter of the law, in some cases, or just common law maybe and others that's not quite the way it's supposed to be ultimately that doesn't really seem uh you know to, to be the case that, that this is a kind of a de facto inducement for recruiting but but if you could get that much money though the amount of money that i am oliva is rumored to be getting for going to tennessee why wouldn't you want to do that well we don't know but in the case of georgia who's going after its own five-star quarterback right now that just doesn't seem to be a thing at all a lot of you know that arch manning who's the higher rated quarterback and the most famous recruit we probably had since we've been doing dog nation daily in terms of the famous last name and everything else he spent the uh, weekend there in athens and all accounts based on some reporting from Jeff Sintel yesterday dog nation.com was that the uh, visit re- went really well visits typically do but in drilling down more on what manning seeks from his recruitment jeff and, he, and and jeff spoke about some of this with us on friday but jeff had some very interesting uh reporting on all the ways in which Manning is just kind of different than the typical recruit. He's not active on social media, doesn't have Instagram, Twitter, things like that. He's not out there, you know, kind of broadcasting that out all the time. And apparently, at least according to those who know Manning well, he is not interested in the NIL part of this, at least publicly at all, even though one of his contemporaries in the 2023 class seems to be on the verge, as we've been told, of, of receiving millions of dollars. That doesn't seem to be all that much of an interest right now to the Manning family. Let me show you a quote here. This is from Manning's high school coach. His name is Nelson Stewart. There from is it Isidore Isidore Newman? Is that? Hey, say the name of the school in uh, New Orleans. So uh, this is what Nelson Stewart relaying a message from uh, Arch Manning's family. Of course, uh, Arch's father's Cooper Manning, uh, one of those Manning brothers, but not one of the two quarterbacks. But uh, nonetheless, Nelson Stewart told Jeff Sintel and Dog Nation about the Manning recruitment that when it all started. One thing his father resonated to me was I'd like to make this as close to an old school recruitment as possible and he said almost like a 1970s recruit with this where he can get a chance to meet coaches and not get caught up in all the other stuff that's really the model i've tried to follow to formulate relationships not get caught up in offers so nelson stewart says the manning family wants the recruitment of arch manning to be old school like the way it used to be and maybe not the way that it is now obsessed with social media or even as jeff Sintel said in his story yesterday at dognation.com not even really all that interested in the nil part of this now once again, I'll ask the same question. Connor Riley joins us later on. We'll give Connor a chance to weigh in on this. And honestly, I'd actually be kind of curious to hear from some of you on this if you want to weigh on this, too. Why is it that at least we assume based on the rumor mill that's out there that name image likeness revenue payments is such a huge part of a Tennessee pursuit of Nico? I am Oliva, but apparently not that big of a factor at least according to source close to arch manning in george's pursuit of arch manning why would that be and i mean i think it might be easy to say well manning just doesn't care about that kind of stuff but let's use common sense this on this for a moment if you had a chance to get eight million dollars would you not care about it and even if you think you know hey we want to be focused on where we're going to school and the town we're going to live in the team we're going to play for. I mean, my advice to anybody who could get eight million dollars would be, well, don't ignore that. If you can get the money, go ahead and get it. If you're going to get several hundred thousand dollars, which is the rumor that's out there, um, uh, just for, for, you know, for, for showing up on campus. If you're going to do that, you know, listen, worry about the other stuff, too. But go get your money. Uh, you know, go get the bag. What's the kids that get the bag? Go, go get your bag. I mean, if that's what's being offered to you, uh, I wouldn't ignore that. I would take that money but according to dognation.com source very close to arch manning that's not quite something he's so interested in right now now as to why these two stories are so different different people might have different conclusions but here is the one conclusion that i am forced to draw and you've heard me say this before that reasonably speaking just using common sense no one would ignore a free eight million dollars if they thought they could get it no one would ignore several hundred thousand dollars if they thought they could get it The only conclusion I'm forced to draw if Arch Manning, who is the biggest name of them all, biggest player in the class, biggest last name you can possibly have as a quarterback, his potential for making money in the NIL world is seemingly limitless. So if Manning is playing the game a different way, if he's not focused in on all of that quite so much, then the conclusion I'm forced to draw is maybe he just doesn't think it's as real as some other people do because no one realistically would turn down eight million dollars if it was right there in front of him so if the manning family who you would assume pretty sophisticated about all of this because they've had uncles that have gone through this in a very big way even if it was in a previous era if they're not really playing the nil game the same way then maybe there's something about the nil game they're just not quite so sure about as of yet now you may say well, be a what Could that be? Well, let's go back to the origin story of the Tennessee NIL collective for a moment. The one that's supposedly just going to absolutely make Nico Amaliva a very rich 18 year old and very rich man over the course of his time in college. I think there's some suspicion right now, at least on my part, whether this (laughs) this collective that's supposedly about to pay uh i am aliva currently has the money it's promised to pay him or at least uh, that it's uh, uh alleged to have promised to pay him i'm gonna show you a quote this is from the athletic this is the um this is the the website like subscription-based sports website that gave the first story about the tennessee nil collective and as i said before let me make this very clear no one has ever said on the record that the uh reason that i am aliva is coming to tennessee is definitely because of this collective or anything like that but it's just People have kind of connected dots here that I am a leave is the source of the supposed eight million dollars, you know, whatever else big money that's out there. But the person who has like started the Tennessee NIL collective, one of the key leaders of that organization, said this to the athletic the other day. And there is a part of this quote that really jumps out to me. So the guy's name is Hunter Bador. I think it's how you say it. Bador, Bador, whatever. Uh, this is what he told The Athletic about the Tennessee NIL, NIL Collective and what needs to happen in the future with this. He says, the next two years are critical, specifically for football. We have to stay innovative, organized, and grow our team. we got to go out and fundraise nationally. And in the story, he talked about, hey, we're going to try to raise $25 million. But the fact that, you know, the, the thing here is, okay, we got to go out and fundraise. Like, this is the issue that if, if the I am a leva thing is real, if he really is going to Tennessee for this kind of NIL money, I say this all the time. You've heard me say this before. It should not be hard to find the source of those payments. Drew Butler told us the other day, it's more likely to be big brand advertisers. All right. Let's see if they show up. But even if it's not a big brand advertiser, even if it's just a kind of a big money bags booster, Tennessee does have obviously a couple of those. Even if it's that person, it should not be hard to find the source of that money. Right now, here's what we know, at least we think we know. There is a player in line to receive that money. There is an NIL collective in line to collect that money and disperse it to the player. But as of yet, like all the other NIL stories thus far, the source of this money is a Total unknown. And that's the part on all of this that I just remain very suspicious about. And if a guy like Arch Manning, who could have limitless potential in the NIL world, if he's not really playing the game, then maybe that family who would kind of know about this kind of thing, maybe they're a little suspicious of all of this too. It's at least worth kind of filing away. And as a way of accenting this point even more, let me show you a quote that I've shown you before. This is from Shannon Terry. Terry, a big time uh, business guy, started Rivals.com, started 247Sports.com, now started a third sports website that's actually pretty involved in nil reporting this is a very rich dude made a lot of money on websites that cover college football but when he looks in on these nil collectives the one that has been alleged to have paid nico iamaliva a whole bunch of money uh this is what he said then on twitter the other day this is from march 12 despite height being floated to get the attention of recruits the majority of collectives are unorganized and the amounts of money are grossly overstated They will get there, he says, but not what it seems today. With that said, colleges and collectives that are behind better catch up quick. Now, maybe the last part of what Terry says there really is true that eventually this is what the world's going to look like. We'll see about that. But in the present tense, Terry's saying, hey, the amounts of money you're hearing, that's grossly overstated. The collectives themselves unorganized. Even the guy from the Tennessee collective admitted to the athletic, we got to go out and fundraise nationally. We got to get all this money. And so I would suspect that Nico Iamaliva, if he's gone to Tennessee because of an NIL promise, the money that he's been promised hasn't been collected yet and that's obviously always the most important part of any discussion like this is where is that money coming from so you can draw your own conclusion on this Why it is that the I am leva recruitment at Tennessee is seemingly so different from the Arch Manning recruitment, whether it be Georgia or he's visiting Texas this week or, or wherever else. Maybe eventually the Manning recruitment will look more like I am Oliva's recruitment. Or maybe the Manning family has closely plugged into all of this. Maybe they know something that the rest of us maybe don't know as of yet. Or maybe Manning just really is truly the outlier of outliers and kind of the last guy to do things the old way. But on a day in which the five-star quarterbacks both made kind of big news, I am Aliba for committing to Tennessee, Manning for visiting Georgia, hard not to notice just how different these two guys seem to be. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 945 for our first and 15 at dognation.com, the Dog Nation app, 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, the ref, podcast form, wherever you find them, including the world-famous dognation.com, Apple, Spotify, everything else. Let me also say just briefly, to our podcast audience yesterday, we try to be very, very consistent about posting the show yesterday there was a little bit of an issue show posted much later than it normally does uh that is something we take very seriously and i want to just for those of you listening podcast who kind of expected to come at a certain time especially while you're eating lunch my sincere apology for that yesterday it is posted and uh looks like a lot of you are now finding it but it did not post at its normal time yesterday so that is something that we take very seriously and apologies to you for all of that but thanks for listening each and every day and a big thanks to our friends at engineered solutions of george for making all of this as possible. Proud partners of UGA, good friends of ours at Dog Nation Daily for a long time, and a dedicated resource to you when it comes to your foundation, your waterproofing issues. We've had a lot of rain here uh, lately. Boy, it seems like for weeks, tons and tons of rain. And listen, for a lot of you, rain is a kind of thing that gives you pause, reason for concern, because you see that water showing up places it's not supposed to be. Puddling in your garage, down there in your crawl space, uh, creeping into your basement. That is a real big issue. and You certainly don't need me to tell you that but if you've got that going on you got to get it fixed you got to get it seen about you got to get it taken care of because you give water enough time it'll make the Grand Canyon trust me when I tell you that water unchecked in your own home can uh, create plenty of havoc there for you as well so just make sure you think about that also for the foundation stuff those cracks in your wall sometimes you see them you wonder what it is well I don't know and my guess is you probably don't know either but my folks at Engineered Solutions of Georgia they know because they've dedicated their life to solving problems like this they are a solutions-based company that's why the word solutions is Is in their name. So, two full time engineers on staff, easy to get in touch with. Simply dial 678 uh, ESOG now. That's 678 ESOG now, and that'll get you in touch with Engineered Solutions of George. All right, we're going to get in touch with Connor Riley here coming up. We'll do a Kroger Fresh Take with him. But before that, I want to get into a name that Connor's actually written about at augnation.com. And this is one of those guys I told you we wanted to kind of get into on the show before now, but we've had so much going on recently that we just haven't had a chance to do that. But one of the guys that's drawn some early buzz uh when it comes to to spring practice and stepping into a bigger role here this year is zion Logue, interior defensive lineman you know you heard jordan davis mention Logue recently going back to the nfl scouting combine on that believing that that he was going to do well at george now that dave is no longer here kirby smart actually talked uh, about Logue during his press conference uh, last Tuesday as a way of kicking off spring practice. That's a name that came up and a name that he talked about. We uh, let you hear from Cedric Von Prong Granger the other day and Van praun in the midst of a lot of, you know, really cool statements and, and and interesting insight into what's going on at georgia he also gave some praise to uh zion Logue, the new defensive lineman stepping up in the absence of Devontae Wyatt and the absence of jordan davis and the level of praise that that van pran used in describing Logue certainly got some attention let me let you hear that as a reminder of kind of where we want to go today this from last week cedric von Praun granger discussing zion Logue.
1: don't kill me for saying this but I think Zion is a version of, like, a combination of, like, a, I guess I would say, like, J.D. and Devontae. Like, he's in between both of them. He's fast. He's strong. Um, he can get, he catch you off guard with his quickness, but he's also very powerful in the run game. So, I think he's a, a mixture of both.
0: I mean, I don't have to tell you, sign me up for that. Most Georgia fans would agree that, boy, that sounds pretty good. And And I think that Cedric knew as he was saying that, hey, you know, when he says, don't kill me for saying this, I think he's, what he really means is, you know, don't take this as like, you know like the, you know like the movie quote like hey this is the blockbuster of the summer or something like that that's not supposed to be the quote that necessarily defines uh zion loge but that's just kind of what some of what cedric von pran has seen when he looks in on loge that uh this is a guy who brings some of that quickness that that wyatt made famous and some of the size and the ability to stand up stat against the run the way that jordan davis made famous and at least some of this must have the potential of being true because Georgia is very careful about who it selects to speak to the media, especially to kick off a spring. You know, those are the kinds of guys that we would commonly assume are going to be leaders for Georgia. These are guys who are going to speak on behalf of the rest of their teammates. And it was hard not to notice that when Georgia introduced its crop of 2022 players last week that Logue was among those who got a chance to speak and address the media and so I I do think we got to take SVP pretty seriously here we got to you know take um, Jordan Davis pretty seriously when he says he sees a lot in Logue stepping in for him now that he's gone we played that audio for you before and some of the stuff that Kirby Smart said there as well in fact if you want to think of Logue in kind of a Jordan Davis style role even if he's not you know, quite performing at that level quite yet. One of the answers that Lowe gave to a question last week in a lot of ways reminded me of something that Jordan Davis might say. Let me give you a taste of this and see if you come to the same conclusion that I do. Sign Lowe from last week.
1: Kirby mentioned it, big big shoes to fill. I mean, uh, just, I guess talk about the opportunity you've got ahead of you this morning. It's uh, just a great opportunity to go out there and prove myself. Or, uh, well, as well as guys like myself, Jalen Carter, Warren, uh, Warren Brinson, not Stackhouse, we used to get a chance to go out there and prove ourselves to, uh, to our coaching staff and to our teammates.
0: I mean, to me, there is nothing more Jordan Davis than, and you heard Mike Griffith, the uh, grand inquisitor there, But uh, uh, nothing more Jordan Davis than Mike Griffith saying, hey, you got big shoes this field. Kirby Smart was talking to you, talking about you during his press conference earlier. And Zion Logue taking that and saying, yeah. And then immediately pivoting to Warren Brinson and and Nazir Stackhouse and Jalen Carter. It was a very Jordan Davis-like thing to do because the thing we always liked about Davis was is that Davis never hogged the spotlight for himself, even though maybe he had a reason to do so. He was always looking to share that with his buddy Devontae White or Trayvon Walker along the defensive line or Kobe Dean in the linebacker room. Talked openly about his desire to occupy a blocker so other guys could get stats. This was a guy who I think embodied a team-first mindset for George, It's one of the reasons why we pushed him so hard with the hashtag JD to NYC. We thought Davis was really the avatar for the Georgia defense a year ago, and the team-first mentality that kind of defined that group. And if Zion Logue is, I'm please, I'm using air quotes here. If he's the next Jordan Davis in terms of where he is on the field. Uh, he's speaking very much like a Jordan Davis type when he says, Yeah, I got big shoes to feel, but so does Warren Brinson, and so does Jalen Carter, and so does Nazir Stackhouse. That is, is kind of a way that Jordan Davis would have spoken, and that's also kind of the way in which Logue is speaking right there. Hard not to notice that. One more here. What about what you learn from a guy like Davis? What about what you learned from a guy like Devontae Wyatt? This is a guy that's been described as being a little bit of a, a of a combination of the two, but what did you learn from from being on the same unit with those guys a year ago? Once again, good stuff from Lion, Zion Logue last week.
1: Things like um, just leading Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker, like those guys, like they were tremendous leaders. Not even the guys that I played with, just guys like um, Quay Walker. Great leaders and that's, that's one of the biggest things i've tried to pick up on this spring like within myself to try to be a best leader that i
0: can be i mean i like it i'm telling you right now i i do i think it sounds like he's off to a pretty good start here this spring he's certainly in a very pivotal role for uga but mindset is such a big part of all of this and in the person of zion Log right now you seem to be seeing someone who's got the right approach mentally and we'll see how that pays off for him physically obviously very big shoes to feel when you think about jordan davis or devontae white those great defensive linemen and what they did for georgia a little while ago so interesting stuff there that's also a name that connor riley has written about that was around the doghouse we'll transition to connor right now for that and a whole lot more let's get ready to do a kroger fresh take with him right now here today on dog name Daily. and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a dognation.com insight and of course spring practice is rolling on hot and heavy right now dogs back on the practice field again today get a chance here from some georgia players coming up all of this leading towards g day here on uh, april 16th so we're looking forward to all of that we'll talk to connor raleigh about that right now as for those of you watching on video you'll see connor slide into the camera there pretty soon yeah there he comes there there he is uh rock and rolling and ready to go happy to have him here today and you know, Connor, you kind of looked at some of those guys that have been in the program a couple of years now who are ready to kind of step into a bigger role. I, I do take it to mean something that when you see Logue get a chance to speak and be one of those first dogs we hear from in the spring of 2022, to me, that's not a coincidence. That's an acknowledgement of not how good Logue's going to be. That remains to be seen but how much Georgia is going to ask from him leadership on field performance and everything else that, that by selecting Logue to be one of the first players to speak last week when spring practice kicks off, that's Georgia not shying away from just how important his role uh, is going to be. And I don't know, based on some of the stuff I just heard a moment ago in the full video, folks can watch there dog nation.com. I'd say so far so good on Zion. Yeah. I
1: think, I think the important, important thing, thing to understand, to understand with, with Zion Logue is, is, Again, Jalen Carter, I think, is the star of this defense. And, it, you know, the fact that we haven't talked a whole lot about him this spring to this point in time yet, uh, I think is a little interesting. But I, I do think, as you pointed out, it says a lot that Kirby Smart felt comfortable putting Zion Logue out there, having him be one of the defensive spokesmen on that first day where there's going to be a lot of media attention there. And, you know, obviously, there's a very big role for Logue to step into, given all that Jordan Davis did for them a season ago. and I don't expect. Zion Logue to, to be a three down player for this Georgia defense. I think they're going to do something similar. They've done in the past, but I, they obviously know and understand that in addition to what Jordan Davis gave them as a run stopper, which I think is very important. I'm very interested in seeing how all that plays out. These sort of leadership, role that Jordan Davis played I think it's maybe something that gets overlooked because you did have so many fantastic defensive leaders last season but Jordan Davis was a guy whose voice carried a lot of weight and resonated quite a lot and I think this was a good test for Loeb to see you know how he would perform in this and being a team spokesman and being you know ultimately one of the faces of this Georgia defense because they're going to ask him to play a key role not just within the rotation of the Georgia defensive line but within the you know sort of Outward impressions that this football Team is going to make on the media at large
0: Yeah I think that's exactly right another name That you wrote about in your story that's up at dognation.com Is A.D. Mitchell the wide receiver And you know Mitchell's one of those guys That you go back to last spring it was kind of a curiosity uh, When Relatively unheralded recruit, not really a guy that I considered very much, you know, when he first signed with Georgian, yet he was earning some buzz there during spring practice, whispers that, ooh, you know, A.D. Mitchell looks pretty good right now. Targeted a ton at G-Day last year. That was enough to lead you to believe that, hey, you know, remains to be seen how good he'll be. But Georgia's got big plans for Adonai Mitchell. And then lo and behold, he goes on to, you know, catch the pivotal touchdown in the fourth quarter of a national championship game. And all of a sudden, it seems like once again, the the buzz is kind of where it was a year ago this is just a real thing now that 80 that, uh, mitchell is in the eyes of these georgia coaches a very good receiver i talked to terrence edwards about uh, mitchell l- last week and you know the thing he's always kind of compared him to is like a you know a justin jefferson from lsu or something like that one of those guys that wasn't a huge um recruit necessarily but but a very good wide receiver and connor i, I guess i'm of the belief now that mitchell is just kind of there i mean like 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 this is no longer oh kind of a cool story of a player who's better than his recruiting profile would suggest that this is and i think you kind of touched on this in your story too this is one of the pivotal receivers in this program and in terms of an outlook for a very high statistical projection why not for mitchell as you head towards 2022
1: yeah i I think with ad mitchell his recruiting ranking is still i think impacting the way that he is seen the way that he has been viewed As a player within this Georgia team, again, three-star prospect didn't play his senior year. And I think it's pretty clear we know why he was not, let's say, properly evaluated as a prospect. Guy has blown past those expectations that he arrives with. And if he had Jermaine Burton's recruiting ranking coming into Georgia and he did what he did last year, we'd be talking about this guy getting ready to make a massive leap to be, I think, one of the faces at the wide receiver position in the SEC And the reality is, I actually think Mitchell's kind of gone under the radar a little bit here in terms of both within the confines of the SEC and even within Georgia. I mean, that that touchdown catch he made in the national championship game, that is an NFL level catch. That is a man's catch that he made there, hauling in the touchdown pass there from Stetson Bennett. And so I do think there are also some pretty clear and obvious ways that Mitchell can improve his game to get take steps even further to become a George Pickens-like receiver. George has sort of mentioned him in that stratosphere. If he gets a little bit bigger, which you would expect given another year in the Georgia strength and conditioning program, and he improves his hands, he did have a little bit of an issue with some drops last season. Two, I think very realistic improvements that he could possibly make, I, I think we could see a Donna Mitchell. You know, you've talked so often about being, you know, now that you have Brock Bowers, can you get another wide receiver to that 800-mark threshold? I absolutely think A.D. Mitchell, if he continues to progress the way we've seen him do so last season, can get to that 800-yard mark because he's able to win in a variety of ways. He's able to win downfield. He's able to go up and use his big frame to get balls. He's shown he's a very impressive route runner. Go back and watch the touchdown he had against Oliver, and that is a filthy route he used to get open there that day. So I think with Mitchell, I still think the reason you know the reason being that he is not as properly discussed as he is – Stems back to the fact that he was just a three-star recruit. And if he had a Jermaine Burton ranking, a uh, Arian Smith, a Dominic Playlock ranking, we'd be talking a lot more about this guy in terms of what he's going to do for Georgia and what he could possibly be for this offense in 2022. I would
0: also add one more thing to this. And I said this during the season, I really cautioned against this is that part of what is also overshadowed Mitchell is, is that, Lad McConkey was an even crazier story. You know, McConkey, you know, uh uh had a very good season last year. A little bit more of an unorthodox deal there too. And so, I think people got so fixated for a while on Lad McConkey being better than we thought that he was that people weren't noticing just how much A.D. Mitchell was outperforming his profile there as well. I talked about this a bunch during the season, that for a while, McConkie's emergence was taking some of the attention away from A.D. Mitchell, who was having his own kind of breakout debut season at UGA. But people were fixated on McConkie, which is not a problem. McConkie did some good things for Georgia, too. But McConkie coming from out of nowhere kind of took some of the spotlight away from A.D. Mitchell, who was also just kind of coming from out of nowhere last year.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about recruitings uh, rankings earlier with Mitchell. Mitchell was, you know, around a four hundred prospect, so fringe, just outside the top, you know, four star, three, a four star ranking there. McConkie was in the one thousand. So weirdly enough, Mitchell's recruiting ranking, sort of as you point out, there, hurt him on both ends. He's not quite good enough to earn the, the you know, attention that say some of the other twenty twenty Georgia wide receivers have earned. But he's also not quite wasn't quite lowly rated enough as say McConkie was to where he was truly. You know, just a guy that the recruiting industry didn't think can play. There was a thought that, you know, Ad Mitchell was going to be a good player, was I believe committed to Ole Miss at one point. And Lane Kiffin has gotten some really productive receivers in his time and various stops along his coaching career. So I, I I think, you know, with Mitchell, again, he just comes from a really, you know, quite frankly, strange situation. He didn't play his high school season. There wasn't a senior season. There's wasn't a whole lot known about him. And every chance Mitchell has gotten, he is impressed. And not only that, but he has improved. He got better throughout the course of last season. And early indications are this offseason he is doing that once again.
0: I'll say this very quickly. We'll move on and talk about something different. If A.D. Mitchell goes on to become a great receiver, I mean great receiver, first-round type pick, you mentioned George Pickens a moment ago. If he's the kind of receiver that's eventually in that category – while recruiting stars matter and all that kind of stuff, it actually won't be that uncommon for the wide receiver position. Chris Alave was not a great recruit. Uh, we mentioned Jefferson LSU. Oklahoma's had former walk-ons that have gone on to have you know great success there. I don't really quite know why this is. I'm thinking it has to do with systems mattering as much as they do in college football. But as much as any position anywhere... The wide receiver spot in offenses that work seem to be able to take less than high four stars. I mean, uh, Jamar Chase is barely a top 100 recruit. I mean, you know, there are a lot of guys that go into great success at the receiver position that were not necessarily five star guys. You still want five star receivers if you can get them. But you can make a non five star into a very high performer. The very best programs in college football have shown that to be the case.
1: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that we're learning when it comes to, you know, especially top end wide receivers in that first round range, teams really value production, especially that last couple of years. And obviously George, I think is a little bit of an outlier. I think he's going to be a top 40 pick, but because he had an ACL injury last year, he did not have the season. He, I think a lot of people expected to have, but you can look back to his freshman season when he was playing in a not great offense and really, I think project forward there. And so I think if AD Mitchell working within the confines of this Georgia offense, working with the Brock Bowers, working with an offense we know is still going to want to run the ball physically and consistently. Uh, I I definitely, and I don't want to say, you know, this is obviously way too soon. We need to see how he performs his sophomore season, but with his size and his ability, you know, the tools and traits are all sort of there. If he's going to continue to put it together, and I think really develop consistency with his hands, he's going to have a very, very stellar Georgia career. And I don't think very many people would have said that when he signed with Georgia as a member of the 2020 recruiting exactly. cycle.
0: So off the top of the program, i talk about quarterbacks. And I thought it was very interesting yesterday that you had big news with Georgia and Arch Manning reaction to his visit. I thought Jeff Sindel had two really good stories about the Manning visit up at dognation.com, one from the perspective of Pierce Sperlin, the 2023 tight end, and another from the perspective of Manning's high school coach there in New Orleans. And then concurrent to that, you had Nico Maliva worst kept secret in college football, committing to Tennessee. A lot of folks have openly assumed that the – crazy wild nil rumors have played a big role in i'm a ending up there at knoxville so you know, on the one hand you've got manning who as in his you know the words of people who know him well kind of an old school recruit nil does not seem to be a part of this uh, uh social media is definitely not a part of this manning isn't active on social media at all on the other hand none of this confirmed but all of this seemingly an open secret about how Publicly, the I'm Oliva thing is playing out. How much NIL plays into all of that? Why are these two stories so different, Connor?
1: Uh, BA, I think you're missing the forest the trees here. You know, I, I'm going to compare these two guys to cars. I think Nico Ima Oliva is a Tesla. I think, you know, there's the newness, there's the freshness, but going forward, you know, when Ima Oliva steps on foot at Tennessee, he's never going to be more popular than he is as an uncommitted five star prospect. Those are, that is, I think when it comes to some of these high school guys, and you saw Quinn Ewers do this a year ago, when you're a, a five-star quarterback prospect, you have a lot of inherent value there, more than even, say, if you go to a big-name program, like, say, Tennessee, I will generously include them in that, or, say, an Ohio State, a Texas of the world, etc. cetera. Arch Manning is a Lamborghini. You ever see a commercial for a Lamborghini B.A.? No, you haven't. You don't. Arch Manning comes from old money. You know, he, he does not need – you know, I, I know – The point you made about turning down $8 million, you know, who would do that? The Manning family would. The Manning family is old football Southern royalty. And so I I think in in the grander scheme and context of this, you know, Arch Manning doesn't need to worry about NIL as as a high schooler because the second he steps on campus somewhere, and I think this is one of the key differences, because of his last name, because he's going to have already so much cachet. Even before he's done anything, there are going to be people, I would even say big brands that are going to be interested in what he is going to do. And so because of that, I do think that the NIL stuff, rightly, rightfully so, I don't think is important to Manning right now because he ultimately knows his value is going to be there regardless of what he does. It, it, I believe a, you know, a lot of things I think for him need to go right for him to get into the generations wealthy you know, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. Arch Manning really just needs to nail this decision, go to a school that's going to properly develop him, turn him into a first round pick. And he's going to continue to be, you know, potentially the next Manning to have that generational welfare.
0: Break all this down, because I actually don't think we're all that different in our opinion here. You know, you say, well, you know, Manning's Lamborghini, you don't see Lamborghini commercials, but you do see Manning's in commercials all the time. I mean Peyton is literally in every commercial and Eli is in no shortage of advertisements either. And this is the point I think you and I would both probably agree on is is I think the Manning family, it's important to point out that neither Peyton nor Eli is is uh Arch's father. So while I'm sure he's you know not doing, you know, you know, poorly financially, he's also, you know, not the father of the NFL quarterback on either side here. But the point here is is I think the Manning family understands what true NIL is. Is it is a marketing deal. It is a national commercial campaign where you're getting paid by very big brand that's what drew butler told us the other day was the most likely source for big nil payments very big companies doing very expansive uh, expansive marketing campaigns which is not what the nico oh, i'm a thing is at tennessee i told you before i don't think tennessee's got the money to pay him uh, they may eventually have it but right now they don't have them i mean he, the, the reporting that's out there would even lead you to believe this that they they've made the promise now they've got to go out and raise the money but either way um i i think the thing with the manning deal is is they know what real nil is it's not going to come from johnny you know uh money bags booster it's going to come from nike or coca-cola or dr pepper or whatever else and as drew butler said on our show the other day thus far those really big brands they just haven't really gotten heavily involved in nil yet maybe it's coming maybe it happens next week but as of now it really hasn't happened right
1: yeah and i think the big thing going forward there to sort of monitor and watch is you know let's look look back last year were some of the guys that got those big name nil deals spencer rattler dj ue jt daniels i don't think any company that gave those guys money feels great about that decision and again at the end of the day the thing that it comes back to specifically with these big brands essentially you're just betting on which guys are going to pay off and make you money and and you're essentially you're you're gambling. And, you know, if you bet on Bryce Young yet last year, you're doing great. If you bet on Sam Howell and JT Daniels, you're probably not feeling so great. And so I think these brands, you know, that are interested in these guys, they want to see bankability first. You know, yes. Baker Mayfield has a gazillion progressive commercials. I feel like in the next three to four years, he's not going to have very many progressive commercials. Whereas you look at a guy like Tom Brady, you look at a guy like Peyton Manning, even say a Russell Wilson in there. Those guys, because of the bankability, because of the long-term track record they have, that's why they're in more commercials. You know, Tom Brady was in more commercials in, in 2010 than he was in 2003 because in 2010, everyone know the standard of excellence that Tom had. With these high school kids, with these, you know, young college quarterbacks who haven't quite frankly done a whole lot to this point in time, I do think with NIL, as we continue to go through this again, this is year two of NIL in college football, You're going to see from these big brands, I think, some tepidation to really get involved because, again, until you know you have a sure thing, you're going to be really hesitant to throw the hundreds of thousands, sometimes cases, millions of dollars at these athletes because you could get burned and not get the return on investment that you were seeking.
0: It's a corny analogy, but I use this a lot. You know, in like the football card world, Connor, it's like you've got like Tom Brady cards oftentimes at the highest graded, you know, sell for six figures. But sometimes you'll have very young quarterbacks that also sell for six figures too. And I always want to say, if you're really trying to hold your value is there are you really going to tell me that like a Patrick Mahomes rookie card is worth as much as a Tom Brady rookie card, given the fact that Brady's been in a million Super Bowls is truly a sure thing. His career's almost done. That is almost a completely written book. Whereas someone like Patrick Mahomes would have to work to even be as good as, as a Tom Brady. I mean, to me, the older athlete, the more proven athlete from a betting standpoint, whether it be on a rookie card or a marketing campaign, is just a much safer bet in that regard.
1: Right. right. And, you, you know, know I'll, I'll harp on the last word you use there bet that that's what these companies are essentially doing. They're betting on, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Bojangles or excuse, I, I have just committed the Cardinal sin on this program giving away free advertising. Let's say, a, a, you know, a, a chicken company is betting on, hey, yeah, we like a quarterback to place for a certain school. We think he's going to win the Heisman. He's going to give us a ton of exposure if he doesn't end up doing that and then you end up betting wrong and there have been, you know, a litany of guys that have gone through that, that is not unique to Uyunglele to how you know, we'll go through the names this year. You know, there's a good chance CJ Stroud, Bryce Young don't necessarily live up to the expectations. Quinn Ewers at Texas, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested in seeing what he does. Once again, you know, there's only one Heisman trophy winner. There's only one first team All-American quarterback. And so, if you're having to place bets on that, that's a really tough ask, whereas in the NFL, I do think this is all spread out a little bit more and it's a little bit easier to identify who is going to be a bankable star.
0: And last thing for me, and we'll change the subject, and I hate to say this, but the, here's the other issue when it comes to the law of big numbers, that when you have a lot of people from a certain category, you know, young 18 year olds somebody's going to have something negative connected to their name, not because football players are more prone to getting in trouble, but just because the law of big numbers for young men would say that somebody's going to have something happen somewhere. And so all kinds of rumors about the NIL impact on Texas A&M, well, at least one member of that signing class has kind of already had a negative headline connected to his name, which is also, I would say, the kind of thing that in some cases gives these companies pause of just be careful who you're getting in business with because if it's a young athlete, that is not an athlete that's been as properly vetted as a – older athlete who's been around more who's just a little bit of a safer play in that regard
1: yeah yeah, i don't know how much biggie smalls you listen to but as he famously said more money more problems
0: at least listen to enough to know that line. All right, it is uh, of Riley Kroger Fresh Take. I got more of them coming up. I also want to remind you about our friends at Kroger a couple of really cool things going on right now that you need to be aware of. First of all, you've heard me say this before. When it comes to uh, Kroger, a uh, big hiring event going on right now every Tuesday. And listen, everybody wants a great job. And I can promise you that the way that Kroger takes care of its customers, and I know you've heard me talk about that for a long time, Kroger can do the same thing for those that work for uh, them as well. So Tuesday, is the day to find out more about that. Uh, every Tuesday from 4 to 7 p.m., you can just stop by your local Kroger or go to jobs.kroger.com for a lot more on that. See the open jobs, get a description of those jobs. Uh, you can do that online, jobs.kroger.com, or just go buy in store and tell them hello and find out about the great things they have going on. By the way, speaking of great things going on there as well, also want to make you aware of really cool stuff going on with our Kroger Fuel for the Upset. Now, you know this. Uh, right now, Kroger, the place to go for fuel because let's face it, it's never been more expensive at least that i can remember and anything you can do to make it a little bit cheaper makes a whole lot of sense so taking advantage of those extra fuel point opportunities that kroger's famous for great time to do that but they're also helping us celebrate the great basketball that's going on right now too so last thursday last friday we let you pick an upset we drew some winners for that we're going to come back we're going to do it again for this thursday this friday and the brackets are set now we know the games so send your email to info at dognation.com. it's info at dognation.com give us your upset for Thursday. A worse seeded team being a better seeded team. Do the same thing for Friday. Two more chances to win. One on Thursday, one on Friday. It's $200 gift card pack from our friends at Kroger which includes a $100 Kroger gift card, $50 to REI, $50 to Home Depot there as well. So that's the prize we're giving out on both Thursday and Friday as a part of Kroger Fuel for an Upset. So when you go send your email give us some contact information, give us a way to get in touch with you, give us your upset pick, and among those that get a correctly picked upset, we'll draw out a winner, And we'll have a a great time doing all that for both Thursday and Friday. So uh, really good stuff coming down the pipe there from our friends at Kroger. All right, Connor, to finish this up, you had a really good piece at looking at the linebacker spot the other day. This is one of those things that I think is a real hot topic for Georgia right now because of how good these linebackers were. I also loved your look back with Channing Tindall and Kobe Dean, the famous moment where they kind of had words spurring Tyndall on to get a sack and helping Georgia win that national championship game and listen man I can relive those moments all day long but when I start thinking about you know eventually a return to health for Smile Mondan and obviously Jamon Dumas Johnson and the rest of this linebacker crew man there is a lot for those guys to have to do to fulfill the the performance of what the linebacker spot gave uh, Georgia back in the uh, year of 2021.
1: Yeah not to go all John Mulaney but there's one thing that you know, as talented as I think Jamon Dumas-Johnson, Xavier Sory Schmell Munden, when he gets healthy, can replace his experience. And, you know, the Kobe Dean and Quay Walker played a lot of snaps last season, as did Chaining Tyndall. And those guys were all healthy all last season. I think that was a big reason the Georgia defense was as great as it was. But what you have there is, you know, Schmell Munden, Jamon Dumas-Johnson playing, you know, a sixth of the snaps that those guys had played a season ago. And actually, Georgia's quite lucky those guys we were able to play as much as they did in some of those blowouts last season. And one is not going through spring practice. Tresman Marshall and Ryan Davis are not fully healthy this spring either. So on the one hand, that is a good thing, I think, for both Dumas Johnson, Xavier and Sory, and then the two freshman signees, C.J. Washington and Jalen Walker, who Channing Tindall has also said good things about. And I know talking with Jeff, I think we all think Jalen Walker is a guy who's going to be a stud for this Georgia defense sooner rather than later. But in having to replace all that production, you know, because Georgia does not rotate as much as it does on the defensive line, you know, you're bringing back guys that have played significant snaps, a Zion Lowe, Jalen Carter at the linebacker spot. That's just not true. And I think, you know, the year after Roquan left was very illuminating for this Georgia defense, because I think in recent years, that's probably been the least impressive Georgia defense they had and There's just a lot of turnover at linebacker that season. And so it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, they have a ton of talent to replace, so you can expect some drop-off there anyway. But how quickly these linebackers get up to speed and learning the ins and outs that come with playing in big-time SEC games, big-time games against Oregon, I think is going to be something very important to watch because, well, yeah, the edge rushers and defensive lines are good. I think we could all probably agree those linebackers made that Georgia defense really home last season. And there's the lack of experience there. It's just something that you can't really replace and you'll get over the course of the season. So by game 14, game 13, you know, you feel better about it, but to start the season, we don't know what Jermaine Jermon Dumas Johnson or Xavier and story going to look like in that first game, because Quite frankly, we've never seen them in that spot before.
0: I think that's exactly right, uh, Connor. I think that's really good stuff. I appreciate you being here, part of our Kroger Fresh Take today. I know you have a lot more coverage coming up from uh, spring practice. Should be fun today. Is there a, a chance to see a little spring practice? I understand coming up here too. Yes, yes that, that is correct. correct. Not for, not for the unwashed, <laughs> but for 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 the air you die. Coastal elite. Not not for for the uh, the great unwashed, but for uh, for coastal elites such as you, of course. Yes. yes, and we're going to get a chance to hear
1: from Stetson Bennett today as well. So a lot of news coming out of Athens today. Make sure to stay tuned into
0: that. We definitely will, Connor. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC through. I think that should be a very interesting chance to hear from the Georgia quarterback today. Should be a, a lot of fun how he views. Kind of his role in this team now, and that'll be should be pretty fun today and a chance to kind of see with our own eyes not me I won't be there but Connor will be there see with our own eyes kind of what's going on with that Georgia spring practice right now as G day looms April sixteenth so like the other day um i just miss like every now and then, like i try really hard to be very plugged in the news but like the other day i just missed something so like the news came out the g day is gonna be at 1 p.m i don't know how i missed that. like i just had like i had to google search the other day to see the game time as like wait, they did announce that so it's 1 p.m on april the uh, 16th somehow when that came out uh, i guess it was last week i just completely uh whiffed on that but 1 p.m for g uh, for g and it is on espn too by the way we talked yesterday about the uh the the streaming stuff uh and you know whatever but um g day will be on espn 2 1 p.m that came out last week we just never really gave that to you because i don't know i guess i was asleep when that happened i uh, did not have that but let's transition around here cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and boy no sleeping on this the very first ever cruise with dog nation man it is just looming large i am gonna right after g day is done we are essentially getting ready to head on the high seas cannot wait for that independence of the seas a beautiful royal caribbean cruise ship it's gonna be so much fun there's so much to do on board independence of the seas and a lot of this is, is you know i was on a great cruise ship uh recently i was on harmony of the seas which is a beautiful beautiful part of the royal caribbean fleet uh independence of the seas though got some other cool things that's a little bit different than what i experienced it's a playmaker sports bar on board independence of the seas this is a it's just amazing what a step forward a lot of these royal caribbean cruise ships are uh playmaker the perfect example of that like like a really true classic traditional sports bar you know great food think about the sports bar type you know fare like the wings and the, and the nachos and all that kind of cool stuff that's the kind of thing that maybe you know 10 20 years ago you wouldn't have gotten on board a cruise ship but now you do even watching sports i, mean, I can remember you know how difficult watching a sporting event used to be while you were on a cruise because obviously you're out in the middle of the, of the ocean basically but it's just amazing how 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 you know much things have changed when it comes to you know being on board a great cruise ship and obviously no better cruise ships than the ones for royal caribbean including independence of the seas we're leaving april 25th on independence of the seas from port canaveral going to be going to NASA on the bahamas perfect day coco kay and that private island getaway right there in the bahamas exclusive for those royal caribbean cruise vacationers this is unlike anything you've ever experienced before i know that for me one of the great experiences i probably had was on board that so i'm really excited about it really looking forward to it in a, a huge way and it's going to be even more fun to have you on board there as well so a little bit more time for you to get locked in on this so make sure you do that uh it's a uh, dognation.com you can actually go to dognationcruise.com if you want to find out more about this or just click the link at dognation.com our friends the cruise and vacation authority helping us get this booked up and get ready to go but we're looking forward to being on board with royal caribbean independence of the seas and you very first ever cruise with dog nation coming up just after g day we're leaving on april 25th out of port canaveral going to nassau going to perfect day coco K. it is going to be a great time all right let's transition here and So I want to look at uh, just very quickly. We don't do a ton of basketball here, but in light of the coaching carousel kind of coming to an end here in the SEC, I think the Mike White hire for Georgia probably needs to be reconsidered at least a little bit we saw South Carolina make its hire Lamont Paris Paris done some good things at Chattanooga Paris also as an assistant had a history of being a very good recruiter there as well kind of utilized the transfer portal a little bit to get the mocks into the NCAA tournament and now he takes over at South Carolina which listen of all of these like mid-major type guys Paris at South Carolina um you know uh Florida hiring the San Francisco coach McMahon going to LSU um Uh, mississippi state you know they kind of make a little bit of a mid-major type hire of all these guys at least one of them will probably end up being very good once again to kind of just use the law of averages here at least one of these guys will probably really pop in a big way but individually in comparison is there any coach that's been hired in the sec this year that you can emphatically say you would take over mike white right now i guess the one guy that would probably logically be the closest to that for me would be mac mcmahon uh who i did tout out of murray state but as other people pointed out listen murray state's been really good for a long time that mcmahon is far from the only guy that could have won with the race. Just probably gets some credit for how that program is rebuilt after losing a generational talent like john moran but nonetheless that's still kind of a mid-major type hire and you know he goes to lsu and if there was any program that was going to make the big huge splash hire well uh lsu the most likely to do that because that's typically what scott woodward the athletic director has done with any of the hires that he's made but lsu kind of content to go the direction of mcmahon mcmahon compared to white i don't know that there's an emphatic case that mcmahon is better even though he's probably the guy that i wanted i didn't know that white was available and as lukewarm as i was about white when he was first hired and i was and i probably still have some trepidation about that just given the way that it kind of ended for him at florida the truth is is it's not like anybody else in the SEC took the big sure thing for instance we talked last week about the possibility that Sean Miller might land at South Carolina that never happened how real was any of that ever I guess we'll we'll never really know Miller went back to his old stomping grounds of Xavier but once again you know the Gamecocks hiring the Chattanooga coach is that a better hire than Georgia hiring Florida's coach I, I would say that on paper not necessarily the case so this is one of those things where I think the Mike White hire looks different now that the SEC fell flat on its face in the NCAA tournament. That speaks to an open door opportunity and stepping through that door with an experienced head coach just seems to be a, a little easier to do. Another SEC through story to get to. and Well, this will be more along the lines of football. Interesting to hear from both Bryce Young and Spencer Rattler within the last 24 hours. Quarterback speaking on behalf of their team. And obviously, the young story has been well covered here by now. But the Rattler thing at South Carolina, I think, is still not getting enough attention. I don't know how good the Gamecocks can be this upcoming year. We talked about this on video before the show began with some of our commenters, that the next step from kind of winning seven-win type season, boy, that's a real doozy, because all of a sudden now, you got to beat somebody of note to get that eighth win somewhere. And I don't know that's going to be an easy thing for South Carolina to do, but maybe they can do it. I definitely think that that Rattler is in a good place for the Gamecocks, and I think it gives South Carolina to be more of a week-to-week game to game threat and they otherwise would be without him now listen there are a lot of south carolina fans that i think are still having to be kind of talked into this a little bit because you know the numbers for rattler weren't always pristine but by the end of the year the numbers of caleb williams at oklahoma weren't all that pristine either so listen listen I just think that the story of Rattler in the SEC is going to end up being a pretty big deal, probably a bigger deal than it's getting credit for being right now and just kind of file that away there for that moment. And for now, we'll make that cruise run the SEC courtesy of royal caribbean all right let me do a couple of shouts out here a couple of pieces of uga news i want to make sure we get to first of all georgia got itself a 2024 commit yesterday i want to give uh good story of dog about this but antoine jackson defensive back first commit for the 2024 class out of the state of florida so a lot to like about jackson number six cornerback number 43 overall prospect according to 24 7 sports composite so jackson in the class of 2024 will obviously learn uh, a lot more about him as that cycle progresses uh but a nice ad there for the georgia bulldogs the class of 2024 and the person of jackson also a couple of pieces of nfl news involving former georgia players congratulations to J.R. reed sons of one-year deal for the denver broncos i think when you think about great defensive players under kirby smart reed will always be among the more underrated guys remember this was a first team ap all-american safety in his final year there at uga the great legacy of safeties that georgia has you know obviously most recently lewis seen richard lecount before that jr reed's a big part of that conversation uh jr reed definitely was a key leader great player and another example of sometimes an unheralded guy transfer from tulsa uh, kind of an afterthought you know he was his you know relation to another georgia player at the time was probably the most interesting thing about him when he first arrived here yet when it's all said and done Reed was a huge, huge player for Georgia, and now getting a little bit more NFL money coming his way. That's always a great thing to see. And the Atlanta Falcons also doing something yesterday that a lot of Georgia fans said they don't do enough of, which is acquire former dogs, Lorenzo Carter, on his way back home. And I know that'll be well received. Falcons need all the good vibes they can get, so bringing in a former dog and also a former Norcross Blue Devil, that will never be a bad thing. And any kind of positive PR probably makes some sense for that organization in the light of losing. Uh, you know, losing uh, Matt Ryan. So uh, congratulations on all fronts when it comes to that. A little bit of a UGA news roundup. I also want to give you a shout out here there as well to my friends at Wilson PC. They do great work for some people who are dealing with kind of a tough, challenging situation when you've been injured in a car accident. That can be it can be scary. That can be one of those things or even angry sometimes. And you want to be made whole again. That's what Wilson PC gives you a chance to do. They provide signature service. They provide um, every single one of their clients. They understand your situation, what it means to you. And they've got a dedicated and experienced team that are uh, doing all that for you. Specialized treatment for your situation, whatever it might be, because all these you know in- injury accident scenarios are all going to be slightly different. And your uh, facts, your situation is going to be specific to you. And they understand that. And they're going to get you the best, most, the highest compensation that you can get under the law. So don't just get treated like any other rec case. Go to one of these giant places that doesn't know your name, doesn't know your situation. Don't get treated that way. Be treated with special signature service design exclusively and specifically for you. That's what Wilson PC provides. So let me give you a couple ways to get in touch. You see it on the screen. It's 855-247-Wilson. That's the phone number, 855-247-Wilson. Or you can also check them out at the WilsonPC.com. That's the website, The Wilson PC. Com. It's signature service and it's the results you deserve. All right, shout out here as we do our golden shoe. One of the things that always makes me happy is when people let us know about the great things going on in their life. And frankly, it also makes me happy when people just let us know anything that's going on in their life because the things that are you know going on in our lives, the good days, the bad days, everything else, that's the bond that we form together as a part of Dog Nation. But it's always nice to end the show with a smile and a new addition to a family. Always kind of a cool thing there as well. Let me show you this on the screen. Jeremy Neighbor shares this. Probably get these a lot, but I just had my first child a couple weeks ago. And yesterday, we finally both got our national championship gear for a photo how great does that look native tennessean now in texas pulling for them dogs of course uh texans have been well taken care of by tennesseans a lot throughout history and so i know that jeremy's the latest example of that he says hashtag texas uga fans go dogs really good stuff jeremy uh thank you for sharing that boy what a great looking photo two great looking championship t-shirts great looking baby there as well so congratulations golden shoe there about lousy stinking gators long title drought for that program no happy babies in title gear for florida fans not indeed gator hater updater been a long long time here in fact it's been several thousand days uh let's see if we can show that off uh, 4,821 days for those lousy stinking gators and then the gator hater countdown dogs back in jacksonville 221 days from right now getting that win there that's going to be a lot of fun we'll see all of you tomorrow dog nation daily presented by engineered solutions of georgia and of the podcast we're going to have to go without a podcast cool down today i apologize for that but my studio is out of commission so i can't stay in here and read some comments for reasons i won't bore you with But we'll try to be back doing that again tomorrow. So as always, thanks to R.S. Andrews for making it possible. RSAndrews.com for more on that. Air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. And thank you to all of you, too, for being a part of it each and every day. And as I said before, I mentioned this during the regular broadcast, but sorry for the late posting of the show yesterday. That was um, something we don't want to happen. So apologize for that. And we'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We'll look forward to talking to you then.